This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss pathological lying and the different types of lies narcissistic abusers tell. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to be talking about lying. We are going to talk about the signs of lying, the different types of lies that are being told, pathological lying, what is compulsive lying, everything lying, including how uh, people, abusers uh, use lying, and then specifically, in some cases, how narcissistic abusers uh, use lying as well. But before we get to that, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes and share your story, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. Please do read all of the instructions and then either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our guest form and press the submit button. And also please do send in everything in the format that we ask for on the guest form page. So I was chatting with a survivor the other day and when I asked them to describe their abuser in a few words, the first word that popped out of their mouth was liar. And on my sheet here, I have it in capital letters, liar. So that got me thinking about doing an episode about lies and the lies we are told, the lies we are fed, and that the whole relationship for many people is a lie. So our show is about domestic violence, but part of the show is specific to narcissistic abuse. So with narcissistic abuse and some other types of abusive relationship, the whole relationship, as I just mentioned, is a lie. Uh, you were conned from the beginning. The person you were in a relationship with was playing a mirrored character to suck you in. And within the relationship, you were told all sorts of lies, lies about you being lovable, lies about your competency, lies about your behavior, lies about things being your fault. Gaslighting is all about lies. It's about creating a false narrative and making you question your judgments and reality. 
So people who engage in gaslighting are often habitual and pathological liars and frequently exhibit narcissistic tendencies. And it's typical for them to blatantly lie and never back down or change any of their stories, even when you call them out on it and have proof uh, of their deception. We've heard this so many times on our show. And they may say something like, you're making things up that never happened or you're crazy. Uh, A lot of them like to be victims. So they'll lie about what people have done to them. It's always someone else's fault, lies about their finances, lies about the relationship status, uh, lies about their likes, about their dislikes, their interests, their belief systems. And this can go on and on and on and on. So lying is a cornerstone of gaslighting behavior. And even when you know the the abuser is not telling the truth, they can be very convincing and you'll end up second guessing everything that is going on in your life. So before we continue from here, let's just kind of give the definition of a lie. And the definition of a lie is a false statement made with deliberate intention to deceive. It's an intentional untruth. So according to authorities, there are five different types of lies. Lies of denial, and that is a type of lie where someone is just simply saying that they were not involved in any situation. They're just denying that these things happened. Then there is a lie of omission. A lie of omission is possibly telling a factual story, but leaving out the damning parts about themselves within it. I've heard people tell these stories uh, many times where you're hearing what sounds like they can recount it from beginning to end a story every single time exactly the way they did before, but they're just leaving out the parts that would paint them in a very bad light. Then there are lies of fabrication and lies of fabrication. These are just made up stories that continue to change over time. So then there's also lies of minimization, and that's when someone might say something like, well, it was an accident, or uh, that thing was damaged already before it broke. It's an attempt to minimize what has been done. And then there are lies of exaggeration, and this is more of a distortion of the truth, so they'll overstate what might have happened. You probably hear that a lot in uh, everyday life with someone who is abusive or is, is not abusive. They're just, they could be an, a compulsive liar, and we're going to get into that right now. So what is the difference between a compulsive liar and a pathological liar? And most people lie from time to time, and that is not an indicator of pathology. And there was a study done in 2020 which quantified pathological lying as constantly telling five or more lies in a period of 24 hours every day for longer than six months. So that is how a pathological liar would qualify for that distinction. So what is a compulsive liar? A compulsive liar... And you might have some of these in your life. You might know people that are compulsive liars, but they're not abusive in any sort of way. And they are a liar who lies out of habit. And compulsive liars are not bad people. Some compulsive liars are just too impulsive to tell the truth. 
And it's very hard for someone who is highly impulsive to take the time to really think things through before they speak. So if you're an impulsive person, it's really hard to break that habit because you have this terrible feeling inside you that you have to sort things out right now. So when it comes to your head, you just say it. That doesn't mean that you necessarily lie, but it's a little harder for you to stop from lying more than it is for someone who has more of a reflective a personality who's able to uh, think before they talk. And compulsive liars bend the truth about everything, large or small. Uh, For a compulsive liar, telling the truth is very awkward and uncomfortable sometimes, while lying just feels right to them. Compulsive lying is usually thought to develop in early childhood due to being placed in an environment where lying was necessary and routine. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there who are listening to this uh, might have uh, issues with uh, lying. And it's because when you're younger, those were kind of things you uh, needed to learn to, to survive. And uh, compulsive liars may or may not experience a, a mental disorder. And usually it is observed with people that have attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, bipolar disorder. Compulsive liars are not overly manipulative and they simply just lie out of a habit. It's an automatic response that it's just really hard for them to break. And they just lie sometimes just for, for no reason. There's no real benefit uh, of why they lie. It's just really spontaneous And they do know the difference between the reality of a situation and the lie. And they are a person that will most likely admit to lying when confronted about them, though this might not stop them from lying in the future. So that is the the compulsive liar. So what is a pathological liar? Is a liar that lies incessantly to get their way and does so with little awareness. And it is viewed as a coping mechanism developed in early childhood and is often associated with some other type of mental health disorders like antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. A pathological liar is often goal-oriented and meaning that they are telling lies to get their way. Uh, They have a little regard or respect for the rights and feelings of others. They are often considered very manipulative. Uh, They create extravagant stories that may be maintained or tweaked over time, and they often believe their lies, uh, or they have an interesting way of viewing reality. And that means that in their very skewed version of reality, this might be the truth. So so pathological liars know how to be confident while lying, and they use their lying as a defense mechanism, and that's kind of like how they deflect. So instead of you looking at them, they'll figure out a way to put things on you. So the biggest ways to kind of figure out if you're dealing with a pathological liar is just a lot of things that we've heard before, which is, you know, when they're confronted about something, they become very defensive. And with someone who is as good as a pathological liar is at lying, one of their defense mechanisms is to usually deflect everything back onto you. We've heard that many times uh, when hearing our Survivor Story episodes. 
Uh, sometimes they'll be dodging questions or providing very vague answers. So you're not getting a lot of information when you're kind of probing further on these lies. And in the abuse world, your recollection of events is much different from theirs. And that's when a lot of gaslighting will happen. Uh, Another way to kind of see if they're lying is just words and actions aren't matching. So if you start to notice that the actions and words of these people aren't matching, you might start to look further into what they're actually saying. and, And these things might be lies. Sometimes, and I've heard this before, that they'll retell a story that happened to you and they'll pass it off as their own. You might eventually encounter that at some point. You might overhear it. If you're with your partner at a party, they might be saying it as a story that happened to them. But in fact, you know that that story is not a story that happened to them. It was something that happened to you or maybe something that happened to somebody else. And then as they say, or the biggest thing in our Survivor Story episodes at the end, which is the words of wisdom, most of the time, or not most of the time, but a lot of the time, is your gut instinct is always telling you that something is wrong with this person or with the stories that they're telling. So trusting your gut, your gut is probably screaming at you and they might be doing lies and and love bombing and all that stuff because love bombing in a lot of ways is is a lie and they're kind of just flooding you over. So uh, trusting your gut, your gut instinct uh, a lot of the time is a sign that you are dealing with someone who is uh, not on the up and up and, and not telling the truth. So why do we lie? So lying allows a person to establish perceived control over a situation by manipulating it. And it is a defense mechanism that prevents them from being vulnerable. Uh, That is to not open up and reveal their true self to another person. Uh, Sometimes people lie to avoid difficult situations and bury their feelings that come with them, such as guilt, depression, sadness, and anxiety. Some people lie because there is a fear of hurting or letting someone else down. Some people find it extremely difficult to bear the feelings that come with disappointing another person. Uh, But when it comes to pathological lying, is there a specific cause? And the cause of pathological lying hasn't officially, you know, been established. There's no established um, research that has been done. The research is limited, but some mental health conditions may be associated with pathological lying, and these are antisocial personality disorder, and they may tend to lie for status, resources, or sympathy, the borderline personality disorder, and they may lie to avoid rejection or abandonment. And then you have the fictitious disorders uh, or Munchausen syndrome or Munchausen uh, syndrome by proxy, and they may lie to appear sick or have someone in their care appear sick. And then you have narcissistic personality disorder, and they may lie to get something out of someone else, preserve a false sense of self, get out of trouble, or bolster others' perceptions of them. And for some, pathological lying may also be linked to childhood trauma, and it may have developed as a coping mechanism to help someone get their uh, needs met and to avoid abuse uh, that may have been going on. You know, sometimes they have to lie to survive. Sometimes they were physically abused, but they were surely emotionally uh, uh, neglected and heavily criticized. 
So there was a study done uh, at North American University by Santos et al. 2017, and they asked study participants about their own current behavior patterns about lying, and they discovered that young adults who remembered greater exposure to parenting by lying were more likely to report lying to their parents more frequently in adulthood. So now we are going to discuss a bunch of uh, lies that you might have heard. These are some of the common lies that you might have heard over time. I'm sure there's a myriad of lies that you heard that are not on this list, but these are some of the lies that are, are, are the common ones that you might hear, and we'll kind of discuss why these lies are told by your abuser. And number one on the list is my exes are all crazy. And this is usually done in the love bombing stage. And this is a a lie. Their exes are not crazy. And this is done as a kind of a form of triangulation. It's a little bit of a victim playing as well. So you're kind of feeling bad for them about who they've been in a relationship with uh, previously. It creates this kind of common enemy maybe that you might have as well. They start telling stories, so you start to kind of just really be on their side. And whatever they're telling you about that other person, you're kind of listening about the lies that they're saying. And you might also start thinking, well, I don't want to be like that person and how they treated them. So you might start acting differently right off the bat or thinking, oh, this person's had a bad go of things. I'm going to try and be x thing for them and all of a sudden you might start acting a little bit differently right off the bat and this is uh done in in love bombing and might continuously kind of go out if the person has a nasty divorce that is happening where they're being nasty to the person that they were with the person that they abused previously and are trying to constantly make them out to be uh, a bad person when the reality is that's not the way at all. So this is uh, one of the big, bigger lies that you will hear, or really most common lies that you'll hear amongst many people's stories. And number two on the list of lies is uh, your family members and friends aren't great people, and maybe they don't respect you. And that is a lie to isolate you, but also uh, they might say that your friends and family are talking about you behind your back. And they might say, like, your friends told me not to trust you, I should have listened to them, or your brother told me uh, you would start doing things like this eventually. And these are lies to isolate you from other people. It is a way to divide and conquer. It's an effective lie. It's this lie is uh, used to, you know, start the control process. And this process, you know, isolating you as we did an episode on this before, once you're isolated, a lot more things can happen to you in silence and quiet because you have no one to reach out to anymore. Your support system is gone. And this is a very uh, big lie and a common one that is told. Another lie we hear is that I can't live without you or I'll die without you here. Uh, And this is a lie. And guess what? They can live without you. It is 100% possible for them to live without you. And they will not die with you not being there. It is a lie. 
they will live and it is done to guilt you to have you stick around and this is a way to smooth kind of things over if something hasn't gone really well later on in the relationship you might think about breaking up with them or maybe early on in the relationship they might use the I can't live without you as a very romantic gesture you know I can't live without you that can come off as being very 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 romantic and it might seem like love, but it is it is not love. It is there as a means to uh, manipulate you, and it is a lie. And they can live without you. That's anyone can live without anyone. Unless you are a child who needs you to help bring them food, you can live without someone. And next up on the list is, I never used to yell like this before I met you. You are the one that is making me yell. And I'm sure yelling is the example I gave. I'm sure there might be an example that you might be able to sub in for yelling. But this is a lie, and it's to put the blame on you and not their actions. This is a way to completely deflect off of what is going on, whatever they've done. So if they were yelling, they've done something themselves that is wrong. They're just raging for probably no reason. And then they're saying that you're the one that is making them yell. They might have come up with some dumb little thing uh, for, for that excuse, but they're doing it to get away with what they're doing and to put the blame on you. And in a lot of cases, this is, can be very crazy making because you might start to believe that you were the cause of them um, of, of making them yell. So this one is a lie that is also part of like gaslighting and distorting your reality. Another one on the list is no one will ever love you as much as me. And just like uh, one of the previous examples we gave, this sounds very, very romantic, but this is also a lie because it's not love that they're talking about. And what they're talking about is control and they're talking about possession and it is not love. So uh, that is is a lie and it might seem romantic but it is not romantic and it is meant to kind of keep you in the fold Uh, you might think it's love but even later on in the relationship you might feel guilt when this statement comes up as well up next is that didn't happen And this is a tendency to blatantly deny their own words and actions. If they insulted you, let's say, several minutes ago, they'll completely deny what they said. If they promised you something a week ago, they will fail to follow through and act as if they don't know what you're talking about. They will lose their temper and later tell you that they remain calm. And these denials and accusations are part of a larger pattern of gaslighting. And it's a tactic that undermines your confidence and sense of self. And over time, you will start to increasingly doubt your memories, uh, question your interpretation of events, and worry about your sanity. And occasionally, they might acknowledge a particular action but they will probably like minimize it or downplay the severity of it. And another one on the list is you're lying to me. 
or you're cheating on me. And this is a projection and it is to accuse you of what they are doing themselves. And sometimes this is done as a swerve move to kind of keep you off track, this type of lie. Or it's a way for them to deflect back to you if you accuse them of doing something. So it's a tactic and a defense mechanism to use this lie as pushback back on on you. The next lie that they tell you, and I want everyone to hear this one, that this is a lie, it's all your fault. And no, it is not all your fault. And, you know, sometimes they have a bad day at work, it's your fault. Sometimes the abuser forgets to buy something at the grocery store. All of a sudden, that's your fault. You're responsible for their memory problems. They can't tolerate the idea of their imperfection, and they hate when they have to admit that they made a mistake. So instead, they will lie and blame other people, and that other person will be you. And this one, you know, saying that is all your fault, if you start believing this lie that things are your fault, so many people we hear in our survivor stories believe this, and it is, it is not true. But when you have long-term exposure to this, you start believing um, everything that they are saying, and that is sowing the seeds of doubt in you and a lot of things these things combined start start to really do that so just a big reminder to everyone who's listening who thinks things were their fault or in these situations right now nothing was your fault another one kind of on the same lines as this is you can't do anything right again this is a lie and this is a lie so you feel incompetent so you become dependent on them or more dependent on them they sow the seeds of doubt until you believe it and they're trying to undermine you enough to make you doubt your ability to live without them uh, they might pretend like something like really small might be uh, like a big sign of you being incompetent They'll outright lie, making up stories about how you might have botched some some sort of job or neglected some sort of responsibilities when reality is that you did not. And sometimes they will share these lies about you not being able to do anything right with other people. So you start losing cred- credibility with friends, family, uh, people at the school, uh, you know, other parents, things like that. So your self-image is getting damaged and your public reputation can also get damaged with this one. And you might start to try and prove your worth when they're saying you can't do anything right. You might start to overextend yourself with this lie. And that is why this one is a huge power move. This is a really big power move by an abuser by saying you can't do anything right. Because in response to that, you might start to overcompensate to do all these things. And now, you know, you're really in this really big, vicious cycle of, you know, being told one thing uh, and then responding to fix that thing. And all of a sudden, you're doing nothing for yourself. You are a shadow of who you were and you were under the complete power and control of an abuser and this lie of you can't do anything right when it is taken to a point where you truly believe it it is a dangerous dangerous lie and up next we have the lie that no one else will love you 
And this will be an attempt to make you feel alone. And if they've already isolated you from friends and family already, this is a big lie to make them the be-all of your whole entire world. They might even say that they're the only ones that can put up with you, but with some love bombs could get, kind of really get thrown in there while that is being said. And this lie is all about control and with no one else saying that no one else will love you and the isolation of that and making you feel alone puts you into a place where you are not going to be talking to other people. Uh, your support system might not be there. This, When this is happening and you believe this and you are 100% in their world and you're now relying and dependent on them for everything here, uh, that is a big, big trouble spot that you are in. If you're in this situation, please do try and reach out to a, a domestic violence agency or an online support group if possible, and please do that safely. But this is a really big, big lie. No one else will love you. And depending where you are in uh, the abuse, if you're already uh, isolated. This is a very dangerous thing to to believe, and, and so many people out there believe it because the abusers just are very good at lying, and they're pathological liars, and they believe what they're saying, and they have this alternate reality where they believe it. You know, they just they believe it, and that reality exists, and they're very good at convincing you that that is what the truth of the situation is. But the truth is, is that they are liars. And up next, we have, I know what is best for you. And on the Lundy Bancroft list, uh, this would be under the Mr. Right section. So this lie is about how smart they are as an excuse to control you. And they'll like to tell you what to eat, what to wear, what relationships you have to break off, uh, what jobs you should have, what jobs you should quit. They have ideas about your life and they'll try and knock down anything that you disagree with. And this whole thing is just a really underlying motive here is to control you. And that is the lie of I know what is best for you. And the last one on our list here is that you are mentally un stable. And with the combinations of everything that we have just heard and and with the combinations of everything that I just mentioned, they might have you thinking that you are mentally unstable. You might hear the words like you're mentally unstable, you are crazy, you're the one that is crazy. And there could be a kernel of truth in this one because you're feeling crazy. You are feeling mentally unstable, but they are the ones that are making you feel this way. Everything that has come before this is creating this unstable situation where you are doubting reality. You don't know what to believe. There's gaslighting going on. There's just so many things going on here that are creating this instability in you. So you might actually believe that you are going crazy, but it's for two, two completely different reasons. It's because they're driving you crazy. You're not the one that was crazy, if that makes sense. They are the one that is making you feel this way. You are not crazy because of something that is going on in your head. They are the ones that are doing it to you. So before we end off the show today, one of the 
big things for people after coming out of a relationship that was built on lies from a pathological liar, from an abuser who is a pathological liar, from a narcissistic abuser that is a pathological liar, is that they're trying to figure out what is real and what isn't real. Like what in the relationship was real? Is the person that they're dealing with sometimes real, sometimes not real? Were they sometimes having fun? Were they not having fun? And it's a really hard thing for people to wrap their brains around when that happens, especially when they have these things happen and they are completely discarded and they have no idea what has happened at all. And they're trying to figure out and and, and put their life back together again. And I can't stress enough for, for you people to really take it easy on yourself, be easy on yourself. It's a not an easy thing to, you know, throw yourself into and and wrap yourself into. You'll have lots of ruminating thoughts. You'll be overthinking things and going through things in your head. What was this? What was this? What was this? He said that. They said that. She said this. So there's a lot of things that are going on and you know to to get yourself a a a, a therapist if you can afford the therapist or, or join a support group or just go into like reddit and start start kind of writing these things out and trying to figure your way out of this because it is a really 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 huge thing for for people who have been in these situations and the how you know that your mind was uh, they they were playing with your mind and it was psychological abuse and it's very difficult to wrap your brain around. And that is one of the biggest things that people have trouble with after these relationships. So so for all of you people that are dealing with that right now or who have dealt with it, um, I'm sending you big hugs and I hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode about lying and pathological lying And if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. And there you'll read all of the instructions. And so you can send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do read all of our instructions and then send it in the format that we ask for. Also at our website, we have our very own safe social network. It's our support group. At the top of the page, there's a button that says support group at NarcissistApocalypse.com. There it will take you to our support group page. There we have meetings, Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, and Saturday nights. We have forum boards for you to post on and to get validation, get advice from your fellow survivors. We have ad-free episodes on there and episodes that never made it to air. And if you need even more support, please do go visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. There they have articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you are going through. They have every phone number, every email address, and every website address of every shelter and agency, domestic violence agency in a big town you're in, a small town you're in, the United States, Canada, the UK, they got it all on domesticshelters.org. It is a wonderful organization. So please do go visit them today. And that is it for today's show. So thank you for listening. And I hope you have a good night. <laughs>